God, please prepare us to receive your word this morning. Mm. Open our minds and hearts to your truth, God. Man, I, I've enjoyed this, these instructions that you've given to us, these love instructions, God. So continue to shape us and convict us. Help us to be your people to show this world that there is a better, play, better way to live, God. Today we're gonna be talking about honoring, honoring our parents. Oh God, help us to honor them well. In your mighty name we pray and ask, amen. Hey, have you been enjoying this, this 10 instru- love instruction series? I mean, I, I, it, it's been convicting and moving. And, and, and last week, um, Jenna brought a, a message on murder, if you guys were here, and, and the power of words, right? Words of life and words of death. And that was extremely moving. I watched it uh, in, a, in, a, in a house with a, with a couple uh, who were struggling in their marriage. And I asked them, I said, hey, can you watch this with me? I kind of knew what was going to be talked about, right? And so they, I said, give me your critique and tell me if you think this person's effective in, in bringing God's word, right? So I kind of maybe tricked them a little bit. Uh, so they watched, and, and at the end, confession happened, right? Uh, man, I, I think I've hurt you with my words. I'm sorry. They're not out of the woods yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that God will use the truth there to move them forward. That's what these 10 love instructions are all about, helping us become godly people, helping us to live in right relationship with each other. Are you guys with me this morning? And so if you would, I'm just going to start right in Scripture. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. This is what God tells us. God says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So what does it mean to honor our parents? Obey what they say? Always? Let's get to the hard issue right off the bat. How is my second cousin supposed to honor her father who abused her? How is she supposed to honor her mother who she believes didn't do enough to protect her? Hmm. How, how about this? How do we honor our aging parents when we think it's no longer safe for them to drive or to live by themselves? But every time we bring it up, they get angry and change the subject or, or they get in absolute mode. I am never leaving this house. How are we supposed to honor our parents when they may have not handled themselves well financially? And now they're dealing with financial issues and they're looking to us and we have this resentment that's building up inside. How do we honor our parents when maybe they didn't handle themselves well physically and now, and now they're dealing with physical issues and we have this resentment that's building up inside. I have to take care of you now? How do we honor them? Well, as always, I think it's helpful for us to go and look at the context of these 10, again, these 10 love instructions. That's how I like to view them. You may know them uh, if you're a guest here today in particular. We, people typically refer to them as the 10 commandments. 
And so when God gave these instructions to this group of former slaves who were standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, God was just not giving instructions on personal piety. God was giving instructions on a way to live that honors people. It, it was the way that they were to structure their lives so that everyone in their community flourishes, so that everyone in our community of faith's basic needs are met. It was the way that they and we are to learn what it means to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so it's important for us to understand, in particular with respect to this fifth instruction, that that these instructions were given to the majority of people standing there at the foot of the mountain where they were given to, to adults. And even though we may look at this fifth instruction and we may think of it as, as an instruction given to, ch- to, to kids, to, to children, that they are to obey their parents, this fifth instruction was really given to adult children of aging parents. How may that understanding expand our view of what this fifth instruction is all about? You see, being a child doesn't put you in an age category. It puts you in a relationship category. Are you guys following me there? And the way we love our neighbor begins with those closest to us, that is our family, and then moves out from there. It's like if we, don't, if we can't honor and respect our parents, how are we going to honor and respect other people in our lives, other people who may have authority over us? Interestingly, This instruction also has a promise, unlike the others that we've looked at so far. This one has a promise. Let me me read it to you again. Uh, Again, God says this, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, in the ancient Near East and in much of the world today, economic security in old age is not about pension plans, 401ks, Social security. It's about having lots of children who then will take care of you when you no longer can take care of yourself. And so the well-being of aging parents was and is in most of the world dependent on their children taking care of them. So how are these aging parents supposed to enjoy longevity here, these Israelites, in the land that God has promised to them? Well, by each successive generation, embracing and living this instruction. So, so the son or daughter who honors their parents then becomes the father and mother who's honored by their parents and so on. If not, if that doesn't happen, well, listen to this story. There was this father and this mother, and they had a five-year-old son. And, and, and what had happened is, is that the, the father's dad was no longer able to, to live by himself. So, so they take his dad in. And so this, this, this dad and this, this father and this, and this wife take their father-in-law or father into the house. And, 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 and most every night they would sit and they would eat a meal together. And, and, and what happened is this, this, this father, this, this, the old man, he would have, on occasion, and, and more often than not, he would spill food on his you know, shirt and on the, on the tablecloth. And after about three or four months of that, the wife, 
the wife couldn't take it anymore. And so she set up a, a place for the old man to, to eat in the corner where they ate. And she gave him a bowl. And so she could put the food in a bowl and a, and a, and a spoon so he could put it up close to his mouth. And so after about three or four weeks of, of this set up, uh, the old man, his hands trembling a little bit more than usual, he he drops his bowl that night and it crashes to the floor and it sends soup and, 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 and pottery from the bowl everywhere and the wife lost it. She yelled, if you're gonna act like a pig, then we're gonna treat you like one. And so they built him this trough-like contraption. Think almost like a high chair, okay? So sitting in the corner and there's this trough that they, they put in front of him so they can put the food in the trough so that you know, he can use a spoon. It's really impossible for him to spill stuff onto the floor because it's, it's in this trough. And so this setup went on for a couple of months. And, and then one evening, the, the father and the mother they're, they're of this five-year-old, they're in the kitchen, they're cleaning up after dinner, and their son is in another room playing. And he, and he likes to play with Legos and, and Lincoln Logs and blocks. And so they asked them, they said, hey, what are you building in there? And the five-year-old says to his mom and dad, hey, I'm building a trough for each of you so you can use it when you get older. Yeah, that stopped them in their tracks. And the wife burst into tears. The next, the next night, the old man, the, their father was back at their table being honored for the God creation that he is. So again, how do we honor our parents? We just obey them. It's, all, it's about just obeying them when we're young and caring for them when we're old. Well, I think to get to the to, to, to deep understanding of what it means to honor, I think it's important for us to look at uh, the, the Hebrew word that we translate into honor. And the Hebrew word is a word called kebed. And, and it means it means to make literally to make to make heavy. So this word seems to suggest that to honor our parents is to give them great weight to hold them in high esteem. And so this definition to me, it kind of broadens the scope instead of narrowing it. It kind of broadens the scope of what it means to honor our parents. I, I wonder with this definition, whether this means that we are to honor our parents in every situation at every stage of life. Even when we don't agree with some decisions that they made. Because there's a difference between agreement and acceptance. We may not agree with how they may be living or may how they lived in the past, but, but now as a follower of Jesus Christ, we can accept where they are, and so we give them honor and respect where they are in this stage of life. Are, are you guys, does that make sense? And so I, I want to come, come back to this car issue because it has kind of personal uh, for me. So if we, really, if we really believe that um, our mom or our dad is, is, when they drive their car, is, is not only a danger to themselves, but is a danger to those, those who are driving on the road along with them. And for me, my, my, my dad, I think I've shared, he, he has, um, unfortunately, he has dementia. And so, and so what would happen is that he started getting lost and confused when he drove. And he was a sales guy, so he was on the road all the time. So it kind of shocking at first that he, he was getting lost and we're wondering what is going on. 
Well, when you're in a lost and confused state and you're driving, bad things can happen, right? So what do we do in that situation? Or in a situation where maybe our mom or our mother-in-law has shrunk just a little bit and, and so the only way she can see at, at, the, at the front is, is she's now peering She's peering like at the top end of that, that steering wheel. That's how she sees the road as she's driving out uh, around. You know, what I mean? you, you ever seen that? You ever seen someone driving that way and you're scared to death to be on the road? Yeah. So what do we do? How do we sh- still show them honor but take the keys? Huh. In our situation, the doctor took the keys. I think as we wrestle with that issue, I think it's important for us to understand that that in this situation, we're asking our parents to give up way more than keys. We're asking them to give up some of their independence. And giving up their keys may may be the first step of many steps in which they slowly give up their independence. How scary that must feel if we're willing to put ourselves in their shoes. So the other day, the other week, on a Friday, I'm teaching this, this leadership class, Our Community Listens. And I, I'm in the middle and I'm one of the facilitators and my mom calls me and my mom knows I'm teaching this class. So if my mom calls me, then I know something's up. So I excuse myself and I go take this call and my mom's on the phone and she's like, your dad's acting crazy. He's actually in the car and we can't get him out. Your sister's out there trying to get him out. Can you talk to him? And so she, my sister comes in, takes the phone, goes out. And she, my sister's like, we, we told him that you want to talk to him about, about Stan. Stan's one of his old friends, and Stan happens to also be my father-in-law, and Stan passed away uh, the night before. And so they said, hey, maybe if you can get him to talk about that, maybe he'll, maybe he'll come out of the car and we can, we can get him back in the house. And so we shared a little bit. He asked me, oh, I heard, yeah. Yeah, and the day before, I got to honor my father-in-law. And the one thing I like about smartphones is, is that we could FaceTime. He wanted to FaceTime with me before he passed. And so we were able to look at each other. I told him I loved him. I told him he was an awesome father-in-law. Set a great example. He told me he loved me, and then, and then they asked me to pray over him. And so I did, and over the family, and then he passed that night. Sometimes we have those moments, those, you know those moments I'm talking about where we can just honor our parents. So I shared a little bit with my dad, but I knew that's not really what he wanted to talk about. And so I asked him, I said, Dad, I said, how are you feeling right now? He says, I feel trapped. Because I feel like everybody's giving me H-E double hockey sticks. Now, if you know my dad, he actually said that word. If you know my dad, that's not language that he uses. He goes, I feel like I can't breathe. And when he said that, his voice was cracking. And I've heard that crack a few times, and I've seen it. And I'm on the phone, and so what I can see in my mind is his face, is his voice is cracking, and his eyes watering up because he's scared. And he's frustrated. And he feels alone, and he feels devalued. Because I feel like I can't do anything anymore without someone telling me what to do. 
goes, will you pray for me? A lot of times when someone asks us to pray for them, we say, yeah, we'll do that and we'll just continue to tend to whatever the situation is. But if someone asks you to pray for them, just pray right then. And that's what I did. I just started to pray on the phone. And by the end, my dad, you could sense he felt more peace. And so, and so when I got there early the following week, we just made a promise to each other that he would pray for me every day. I asked him, will you pray for me every day, dad? I need your prayers, I'll pray for you. Because he needs to know that he still matters and that he's still useful and that he's still doing something to further the kingdom. Are, are you guys following me? Maybe that's how we honor our aging parents is that we, we actually try to put ourselves in their shoes. We actually try to feel it like they feel it. Maybe even try to see it the way they are seeing life right now. That's called empathy. And empathy is that ability to, uh, to, to understand or at least try to understand the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings of someone who's struggling with a, with, with a, with a, with a life issue. And when we show empathy to our aging parents, how do you think that may change how we handle a particular situation? Well, I can tell you right now, at least for me, I I didn't bring up the keys and the car issue, right? And we may not bring up the keys and the car issue when we're riding in the passenger seat and they're driving and we're white knuckling it, right? You know what I'm saying? Because we're probably not going to say anything helpful at that point in time. Instead, we wait until there's a better time to have a conversation. And when we have that conversation, we even say, hey, I'm trying to understand how scary it must feel to give up these keys. Because I know it's more, about the, more than just the keys. It, you, how scary it must feel to give up some of your independence. Whoa. Maybe, maybe that's how we show honor is we show them that we're trying to recognize what we're, what we're asking them to give up instead of just telling them what to do. Are you, guys, are you guys tracking with me here? Now, the Apostle Paul, he also talks about this fifth practice, and he does so in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 2. Paul says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, I'm going to throw mothers in here too. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I think Paul's words here get to what this fifth instruction is all about. This fifth instruction is meant to create a reciprocal relationship. Hear me on this. Parents care for their children, and then children care for their parents down through the generations. But here's, here's the temptation. And the temptation is this. The temptation is for parents to use this fifth instruction in an unhealthy way and pull the God card and say something like this. You, child, must obey me because I am your parent. You live under my authority. You live under my house. And not only that, God says you have to obey me which then may create a situation that I think this fifth instruction was trying to avoid. So follow me here. 
In other places in the Old Testament, this fifth instruction is, is stated in the negative. Instead of saying honor, this is, this is how it's put. Uh, Exodus 21.15, he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. That's not honoring, right? Exodus 21.17, we're told this, he who curses his father and mother. And Jenna artfully talked about this last week when she talked about us murdering each other with words of death. Cursing our mother and our father is not, you know, cussing them out, although it may include that. But it's, it's undermining them behind their back. It's talking badly about them to our children. It's disrespecting them. Maybe even calling them names behind their back. Are, are, you guys, are you guys with me here? So here's the irony. This, this fifth instruction, which was designed to protect parents from abusive behavior, is the one instruction that parents may be tempted to use in an abusive way. <laughs> and so Paul says in Ephesians 6, verse 4, fathers, I'll include mothers there, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So what does this mean? Well, I think it means something like this. Parents, if you don't stop angering or frustrating or heaven forbid abusing your kids, then someday your kids will stop honoring you. And then who will take care of you later in life? Are you guys guys tracking? Now, not to complicate things here, because that's what we lawyers sometimes do. But I can't help myself. Because Jesus, Jesus kind of sends some mixed messages on honoring our parents. For example, he, 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 when he calling the disciples, some of the disciples to come follow him, he actually, he actually says, come follow me and like leave your dad behind, right? So James and John... They leave their dad standing there to go follow Jesus with, with, with torn up nets and just watching them walk away from the family business. And then later in Mark chapter 3, we see Jesus. It's an interesting interaction. We see Jesus in a home, and there's crowds of people trying to hear what Jesus has to say. And his mom and brothers come to get him. L- listen to what we're told here in Mark uh, chapter 3, beginning of verse 20. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. And then we see this interaction between Jesus and the teachers of the law, and they're calling him, he must be from Belzebub, he must be of the devil. And Jesus says, that's absurd. And so they have this interaction. And then I want to pick up when, when his mom and brothers come on the scene, verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting with him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Verse 33, who are my mother and my brothers? He, Jesus asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother and sister, is my brother and sister and mother. It seems that Jesus makes it very clear that he gives priority to the family of God over his biological family. And then the gospel of Luke even uses harsher language here. Luke 14, 26, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother. Well, I thought the fifth instruction just said we were supposed to honor. 
our fathers and our mothers, right? So Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. I think Jesus is stating as clearly as possible that following him means letting go of anything and anyone who may make a claim over you, including our parents. I think Jesus is making it very clear that when we choose to follow him, there's only one thing that should guide us, and that is Jesus Christ and him alone. Because if we get that right, hear me on this, then we necessarily will live in right relationship with those people in our sphere of influence, including our parents. So we will even honor and respect them in even more godly ways. Are you guys, are you guys with me this morning? So then how does Jesus honor his mom? Well, we're not given a lot of clues. And you may be sitting there thinking about the incident where Jesus came and, and, and solved the, uh, the wedding debacle, right? Uh, Jesus is at this wedding and the wedding party is running out of wine and his mom comes to him and says, hey, fix it. Do whatever you need to do. We don't want this wedding party to be embarrassed. And Jesus is like, it's not really my time yet. And she just looks at those with him and says, just do what he tells you to do. And Jesus solved the problem. I mean, not only, he made, he made some really good wine and people were happy, right? <laughs> but I wanna focus in on that interaction. I wanna focus in on the, on the interaction where, when Jesus honors his mom when he's, when he's dying on the cross. So, so here's the scene. Je- Jesus, he has nails in his hands, nails in his feet, holding on this cross. His body has just been ripped and torn apart by this cat of nine tails. His face is battered and bruised. And, and he's... He's looking down from that cross and he sees his mother there, Mary. And, and we're not told how she was responding, but I have to, I have to surmise that she's, she's weeping at various times, probably uncontrollably. As she's standing there, her husband, Joseph, is no longer, he must be, he, we can assume that he probably has passed. She's seeing her firstborn son, being crucified on a cross by Romans. And then, and then there's these Pharisees, these teachers of the law, the religious elite who are standing around over somewhere, maybe sneering and snickering with this glee in their eye. And Jesus is watching this from the cross. And Jesus says this in John 19, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, that is John, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son, And to the disciple, here is your mother. From this time on, this disciple, that is John, took her, that is Jesus' mom, into his home. So Jesus, who's about to die, makes sure that his mother is going to be taken care of. And in doing so, I think Jesus... I think Jesus sets the final stage for the trajectory of this fifth instruction. That is, that is Jesus connects the biological family to, to the family of God. That, that, that is, a community of faith is supposed to be an extended family. Followers of Jesus Christ are supposed to show honor to fathers and mothers who may not be their own, but who may need the care that this fifth instruction contemplates. And so we see this happening in the book of Acts in the early church, where the disciples and other people, what did they do? Well, they, they, they daily tended to, they fed and they cared for the widows 
in their community of faith because that's what it means to live life together. We make sure that everyone in our care is taken care of. Are you following me this morning? And so as we, as we come this morning and receive and, and share the Lord's Supper, communion, as, 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 we, as we celebrate this morning, everything that God the Father has done for us through God the Son, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. May we, may we contemplate these questions. And I'm gonna even ask you, take out your phone if you wouldn't mind and take a picture of these questions because I want you to sit with them this week. In what ways have I been honoring my parents Are there any other ways that I can honor them at this stage of their life? You may be sitting there thinking, well, my parents have passed. Well, if you have kids, I want to ask you to ask a different question. How may I be an encouragement to them? Okay. If I haven't been honoring my parents... Why not? I want us to sit with that question. Is it because there's some heart issue? Like we have some resentment towards them. Maybe they've done something to us in the past. Maybe they were mean. Maybe, maybe they rejected us. Maybe they spoke some words of death over us as we're growing. We have this animosity towards them. Maybe we have resentment because we don't think they handled themselves well in life financially or physically, and now, now look, oh my goodness, now I gotta, now I gotta do what I really don't wanna do and be there for them in this difficult time. Maybe we need to have God do some heart surgery inside us, right? And so we start to view them the way that God does as a child of God, right? who deserves honor and respect. Or maybe it's a priority issue. <laughs> maybe that's why we haven't been honoring them on a regular basis. That is, we're just too busy. Maybe we need to stop doing certain things so we can just be present. I don't know where your parent may be right now, but my dad, it's just, it's tough to have deep conversation anymore. And I'm not there. So it makes it very hard on a phone. And so when I do get there, what do we do? Well, we go to his favorite places. <laughs> so last Sunday, I took him to his favorite place, Gill's Bar and Grill, where all the waitresses know him. He says, watch. Before I sit down, my iced tea will be there. And it was. And we just small talked. We just enjoyed each other's presence. And I felt like I honored my dad that day just, just by being there like he was for me growing up. Mm. And then I want you to wrestle with this question. How are we honoring our adopted mothers and fathers? Believe it or not, there are some people in our community of faith where 
their children may no longer be here or they may never have had children. And so as they age, we have responsibility to care for them. And so what we're gonna do when we leave today, there's gonna be, we're providing you guys a, a note card and an envelope. And I want you to honor your parent or encourage your kid or honor someone in our community of faith by writing them a note of appreciation. And get specific. When I see you doing X, oh, it makes my heart fill with joy. And you're helping me become more like Jesus Christ or something like that. And then I want you to send it. And then I want you to make that a part of your way. Every week, send a note, send a text, make a call to your mom or to your kid or to someone in our community of faith that may just need that encouraging word. Are you guys with me this morning? So I'm gonna ask the ushers to come. You're gonna sit this morning, the ushers come on, and they're going to serve you communion. Here at Church in the Hill, it's, we practice open communion as you don't have to be a member. You just have to be someone who wants to be changed by God's grace, who wants to just receive God's love, who wants to have God empower you so you can be who God has created you to be. And in this way, God wants us to honor our moms and our dads. God wants us to raise our children in such a way that they want to embrace God. So as you receive today, may you receive more of God's grace and love and wisdom and discernment. And then may you be who Jesus Christ has created you to be an instrument of God's grace and love and truth and mercy. Are you with me this morning?